the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Welcome, dear friends, to a very special uh, one-on-one here on America First with a man who... uh, makes it look easy, who has such fire in his belly to save the Republic that um, we feel kind of honored to have him here for an extended uh, long-form interview. He has just published a book that, uh, God willing, if we do our part, will already be a bestseller this week. Uh, I can't give you a list of how many books he's published because in an hour we just run out of time. The latest is The Democrat Party Hates America. He is, of course, the great one. Mark Levin, welcome to America First One-on-One. Sebastian Gorka, it is a great honor. Thank you. And more than anybody else, you will understand this book. Yeah, um, I look at the the title of the last chapter, and I think I'm going to start with that because, well, let me just, by way of um, making it personal, you know my story of of my parents who lived under first fascism as children and then communism as as grown-ups. My father arrested, tortured, and imprisoned with a life sentence at the age of 20 and kept in a communist prison until he was liberated by the revolutionaries of 1956. Mark, when I, I moved to America 15 years ago... I used to ridicule, I used to literally chortle at my fellow conservatives who would tell me, socialism is here, the commies are here in America. And I'd say, really? Communism? Let me tell you about the scars on my dad's body from the interrogation uh, he received at the hands of the secret police that stayed on his body till the day he died. Mark, I I don't laugh at them anymore because we have arrived and the let's start in reverse order chapter eight of your book is entitled stalin would be proud why did you give the last chapter of your book that title mark well you know it's interesting i finished the book and i said wait a minute i've got to put this last chapter in and the chapter is basically about what they're doing to donald trump the whole book isn't about Donald Trump, but how could you not write about the Democrat Party hates America and not include as much as you can up to date? You know, there's a three-month gap between when you finish a book and you actually get it to the shelf. Right. And it's very much up to date. And I use my own knowledge, my own background in the law and the Constitution and so forth. And I say this, what's happening here would make Stalin proud because... Stalin didn't waste his time with 91 charges, four different jurisdictions, try and bankrupt the guy and all the rest. You know, it was much less painless. About 15 seconds, he had the court he wanted, they'd send him out back and take care of business. But what I meant by this is, we have what I call now a Potemkin judiciary. We have judges in black robes uh, with lifetime appointments, in the case of the feds, We have juries of your peers, supposedly. We have prosecutors who have an obligation to represent justice, not just to hunt people down and go after them. 
And then, we, of course, we were supposed to have a free press that sits in there and reports on this to protect the individual. So we have a fake judge who is a radical, bomb-throwing political leftist in this chunkin. A jury, when the time comes, that comes from a jury pool that voted 94% for President Trump's opponent, 4% for him. So that's not a jury of your peers. And then, of course, we have a prosecutor that they brought in from The Hague. Yeah. As if they're chasing down a genocidal mass murderer here. And he just brought his deputy in, by the way, who I think was sent to the Hague because he was so outrageous and has been repudiated by several courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court. And out of the thousands of lawyers they could pick, they pick him to go after Trump. But they appoint him illegally in violation of the special counsel uh, statute, which really has to deal with what's happening within an administration, not against your political opponent. And I said, this is... Stalin would be fascinated by this. Yeah. He'd be proud by, of this because it gives all the trappings of a, of a due process, judicial process with a judge and a jury and all these other things. When, in fact, this is a setup, whether it's in Manhattan, New York or Atlanta, Georgia or Washington, D.C., these are the trappings of justice. This isn't the real thing. This is dress up. This is play acting. And when you drag Donald Trump through this, I mean, what about him haven't they tried to destroy? They're destroying his business now yeah. in New York. They're destroying the ability for his kids to inherit that business. They, have, they are destroying his presidential campaign. They're destroying his legacy. They are trying to put him in prison for the rest of his life. If you just take the documents case over documents, yeah. which never fell into the hands of the enemy, which my attorney general under Reagan what said, don't you dare get a search warrant against Jimmy Carter, a SWAT team. Just file the civil process, or I'll pick up the damn phone, and I'll call on myself. There's a hundred different ways in which this could have been handled. The January 6th stuff, whatever happened to insurrection and sedition? There was none. Yeah. And so they, they use a Ku Klux Klan law. They use an Enron law. They use another law that has nothing to do with it because they know they have their judge. They have their jury. They have their jurisdiction. They know that whatever they throw against the wall, something is going to stick. So they want their convicted candidate to run for president in order to try and cripple him, even though the base may turn out for him. The base isn't big enough to push a candidate over the finish line. You need other people, too. And so they're doing everything possible to protect Joe Biden and that crime family and everything possible to destroy Trump, his family, and not just him. Rudy Giuliani, America's lawyer, is going bankrupt. America's mayor. They're charging him and attacking him on all grounds. They want him in prison. They want all his lawyers in prison. All his lawyers, even Dershowitz, are facing ethical challenges by a group of Democrats backed by dark money that have been put up. I'm thinking, okay, you take out the lawyers, you intimidate the lawyers, you take out his staff, whether it's Bannon or whether it's Navarro or whoever it is, just take them down, take him down, take his business down. And I said, Stalin would be proud of this. He'd be amazed that in a formerly free country, a so-called constitutional republic, that they could organize like this and they could get these things done. And I added it in the end of the book because it's just the icing on the cake of what this party does, has, does, and what it's capable of. It's not a normal political party that we have in the West the Republican Party is anemic, it's passive, but it doesn't seek to destroy America. 
The Democrat Party, that's its purpose. Yeah. Its purpose is, as an autocratic party, to be the state party, to be the monopoly party, to have their state-run media, because all autocratic parties need a state-run media, to change our thinking, to change the language, to change our values, to change our beliefs, whether it's in our school systems, whether it is in the media, whether it's in our books, whether it's in the idea of what justice means. And that's exactly why I wrote that last chapter. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The book is The Democrat Party Hates America, and we are talking to the great one, Mark Levin. You, you mentioned, I'm going to talk about the, 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 the judges later in our discussion, but you mentioned that you served with honor in the Reagan administration as chief of staff to the attorney general. When I was in the White House, I realized very early on that there are many corrupt parts of government, the FBI, the CIA, etc. But the, for me, the DOJ was the most corrupt of all. What will it take to turn that institution to an uh, institution that is actually there to do justice for all Americans. Is, is it salvageable, Mark Levin? Not in its current form. I mean, if we don't have virtuous people in these institutions, then we have the opposite, and it is a huge problem. Every one of these departments, they're too big, they're ubiquitous, they have way too much power. Most of the laws that are made in this country are made by this fourth branch of government that doesn't even exist in the Constitution. That's why we're going to have a government shutdown. The main reason is the Democrats won't give up one damn penny because that fourth branch of government, not one employee, serves its purposes. They created most of it, not all of it, but most of it, but it certainly serves it. And when you have a Republican president, you know you served in the White House. Their goal is to sabotage that Republican president. When you have a Democrat president, their goal is to advance the most radical agenda they possibly can, given a period of time that they may have. It is the permanent Democrat Party power base, that and unelected judges who serve for life. And so Woodrow Wilson wrote about this. What you see here is Woodrow Wilson's America, Woodrow Wilson being a racist. Woodrow Wilson hated the Declaration of Independence, hated the Constitution. How do we know? Because I read what he wrote. That's how I know when he was a professor, when he was a, an intellectual. He was a, he was a disgrace and... He's not the only one. So what needs to happen? I'm not, you know, I'm not not the expert on everything that needs to happen. It gets complicated. But that said, slashing their authority, breaking them up into little pieces, reducing their size, that to me is a good start. And moving many of these institutions out of the Washington, D.C., Beltway area, send the Department of Homeland Security to El Paso. Correct. That's where its headquarters ought to be. Yeah. That's where all the action is. 
Send them there. And I would do that. And by the way, I, the Judiciary Acts, Congress creates all these judgeships. Yes. Except for the Supreme Court. It's the only one in there. Uh, constitutionally, Congress creates them. So they're answerable to Congress, these judges. They're not specifically answerable. But if Congress knows there's, for instance, a radical Democrat cabal of district court judges in Washington, D.C., where every Republican has their ass dragged supposedly for justice, they should break up that cabal. They can break it up. They can move aspects of that court to other parts of the country. They can eliminate it and just have other district courts. And they have the power to take subject matters away from the D.C. court. And I've argued this is the way you have to deal with a judicial tyranny. The, the judiciary at large has basically become a pull-up. You're the Democrat Party. Yeah. And you can see it. Oh, now and then we get a ruling here and there that's pretty good and so forth and so on. But at the district court level in particular where Obama and Biden's making record number of appointments, it's very, very difficult. And, uh, and you can see the one branch of the judiciary they don't control is the constitutional one, the Supreme Court. So they want to destroy it. They want to pack it with like-minded, bomb-throwing, left-wing ideologues so it, it's basically neutered or it's devoured. So you really can't go anywhere for justice, and it's becoming increasingly that case in America today. Uh, Mark, you... Um... I don't, I, I just, all right, what, what, what next? I have this long it, it's list. It's hard. You know what? Let me just, yes. let, me, let me help you here. Yes. This book is so loaded. It's hard to know where to start. Yeah. And, and, but I want the audience to know they're puzzle pieces. You go from one chapter to the next to the next, but it's so loaded with philosophy and history and facts. And it's a very easy read despite its length that, I have to be honest with you, Seb. People who do the book reviews, I don't know where to start with this book. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's uh, everybody let's start with this. Get it now. Order <laughs> the book. Get it. Let's make them quiver in their boots with what Mark has laid out for us. But let's make it very tangible and very up to date. On uh, Tuesday night, we were told that a, a, a I can't call him a rogue judge because he's so indicative of what we've witnessed in the last few years. A mm. judge has decided that President Trump has to shut down his businesses, including the Trump Organization. Would you, as a man so steeped in not just the Constitution, but how the judiciary should work, would you react to that latest news of the newest assault on the 45th, and God willing, if we do our part, the 47th president? This is absolutely... I, I, don't, I don't have words to describe this yeah. anymore, how shocking and unimaginable these things are. You have a radical Marxist attorney general who campaigns on putting the former president in prison, indicting him. She sees no criminal path, so she's going after his businesses to try and destroy them. You have a Democrat-elected judge who's of the same mindset. Trump's lawyers say, okay, we want a trial. Judge says no. Remember, this is a civil case, not criminal. Yes. Trump's lawyers say, well, this isn't really the right jurisdiction. We ought to be in the commercial division of the court. No, no, I'm going to keep the case. Okay, motions for summary judgment are filed by both parties, meaning even if all the facts are true, pretty much, uh, there's no legal case here. So on the papers, without a trial, without really a hearing, 
He basically takes what Letitia James has written and says, you've, under, you've overvalued all these properties. You committed multiple acts of fraud. You deceived the banks and, and the investors. And uh, your business is corrupt. You're corrupt. And you're no longer going to be doing business here. We're not going to allow you to be issued any licenses for buildings. I've never seen anything like this before, so it's even me to art- hard to articulate. We're going to put much of your business under what I'll call, it's not technically this, some kind of conservatorship. Yeah. In other words, we're going to steal your company, and we're not going to allow you to, to do any more work in this state. And so uh, all this, whether jury trial, all this that should have been handled commercially, and the bottom line, all this without any victim. He borrowed this money. The fact that the value that's placed on these properties, the judge doesn't agree with it. It's not like it's a secret. The banks are aware of it. The banks, sophisticated law firms are aware of it. He didn't get it. You know, it's, it's not a loan shark we're talking about. The disclaimer that's in the contract that says basically, as I read it, um, look, you banks, you make sure you go through this with your own lawyers and your own assessors so you're comfortable with it. And the judge says, oh, that's just, uh, that's just a fan dance there. That doesn't really mean anything. That's not, that, that doesn't really give notice or anything. And then on top of it all, he values Mar-a-Lago. You've been there. I've been there at $18 yeah. million. Dollars? Yeah. Rush Limbaugh had a property in Palm Beach, my dear friend. And I've been there several times. This is public. That property sold for $150 million. Rush Limbaugh's. His home which is very significant. It had other homes that had property there. Slowly, quietly, and surely, he acquired additional properties for his protection, quite frankly, but also his, his, uh, uh, you know, he didn't want, you know. His privacy. His privacy. Yeah. So that's 150. You look at Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago has, it's just magnificent architecture, the amount of money that's been poured into the place. It's acres and acres right on the Atlantic Ocean. It's a, $18 $18 million? That is absurd. And so now you have them second-guessing the value of these properties. In other words, this, these loans they're talking about, they're over and done with. Nothing's going on right now. They're all over and done with. They've all been paid off. Well, and nobody complained. None of the banks nobody, are bringing the cases. Nobody filed any complaints. This is just done by Letitia James. So here's, so here's the question. When you see that, when you see Judge Chutkan, who has said, who worked with Hunter Biden in the same law firm for 12 years, who says uh, to President Trump's uh, trial attorneys, yes, you can review 16 million pages in, in uh, six weeks. We, we see a judgeship out of control. So we've asked about how you fix the DOJ. If these are appointments for life, how do we fix the, the judges who seem to be political actors now, Mark? We eliminate their judgeships. It's the only way you can do it. And you're going to have to do it when the Republicans are in control because Joe Biden's never going to sign that kind of a bill. Right. And the Democrats are never going to allow it. They'll filibuster anything they have to or they just won't bring it to the floor. And that's the problem. And this is what I try to explain to folks. These things are not one-off. This is an entire mentality. This is an entire doctrine of the Democrat Party, like like the Communist Parties and so forth. What's happening here is the Democrat Party, like the Communist Parties in Europe, like the Communist Party in China, Cuba, or whatever you want to, they replace the state. So you have to have allegiance to the party. 
the party is the state. Mm-hmm. So when you're the general chairman of the Communist Party in China, you're the state. Yeah. You control everything. And the word goes out. And so that's what happens. And so the state party, the state-run party, the monopoly party, call it what you want. I call it all those things in the book. They're not going to agree to anything. Yeah. So unless the Republicans, number one, have conservatives, number two, are prepared to fight, we lose. And as I said, the Democrat Party is more than a political party. It seeks to replace the state. You need to have allegiance to the. It's why they don't give a crap about the country or the people of the country. You've got to look at them through the lens of power. They're empowering themselves. They want the border wide open. People say, doesn't Biden see what's going on? He's doing it. Of course he sees what's going on. He wants to flip Texas blue. Then the Republicans could never win a presidency again. He knows exactly what he's doing, whether they squawk in New York or not. His people know what's going on. They know what they're doing in our classrooms with the teachers' unions. How do they know? Because Marx writes about it. You've got to destroy the social circle that the family, the nuclear family creates because those kids belong to the state. And then, so you have government-run schools with government employees we call teachers, not all of whom are bad, but too damn many are, mm-hmm. who now take it upon themselves. That child belongs to the state. People need to have, and you do, you understand this, people need to have the right mindset. This Democrat Party was never, and I write in the book, the history, it was never comfortable with Americanism. It has never supported Americanism. It opposed the Constitution. It is responsible for the Civil War. The fact is the vast majority of the people in this nation not only didn't have slaves, they never met a slave. It was this cabal in the Democrat Party. The Civil War was not just a war between slaves and anti-slave abolitionists, or the North and the South. It was a war between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party, which is still going on today, but the Republicans are asleep at the wheel. Segregation, lynching, the Ku Klux Klan, all of it, Democrat. Eugenics, Democrat. And we can go on and on and on about this. Democrat, yep, on and on and on. Mark, we've, we focused at, at the strategic level, at the very highest level, what they're doing to a former president and potentially, God willing, if we do our part, a future president. But let's talk about average Americans, whether it's a pro-life preacher in Philadelphia having his door knocked down by FBI agents or whether it's you don't have to agree with their style or their politics. The proud boys who, for nonviolent crimes, who weren't one of them wasn't even in Washington on January the 6th, get a custodial sentence of more than 20 years. Would you talk to what this means in the historic context of the fabric of America? It is stunning. Um, and, I, and I listen to what these judges say when they're issuing these sentences and giving out their order reading about what they say in their they're giving opinions, they're giving their political views and so forth and so on. It would be one thing if they were rounding up Black Lives Matter uh, and Antifa, violent, violent killers, arsonists, burglars, uh, and they point out all these people who they've assaulted and brutalized and hold them responsible somehow, somehow, but they don't. They don't round them up. They don't send marshals to their homes with SWAT teams and so forth and so on. Quite the contrary. This very same Department of Justice went into New York through the U.S. Attorney's Office, I think in Brooklyn, and they go in front of a judge. These two Ivy League lawyers, 
who threw Molotov cocktails at a police vehicle. They didn't know if police were in there. It turns out they weren't, and had more in their trunk. They're sentenced to 18 months. And the Department of Justice goes into court through these tough law and order prosecutors and says they've suffered enough. And they're released early at the request of Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice. Now, this is going on all over the place. Meanwhile, not just January 6th, but you see what's happened to people who are protesting at abortion clinics. Apparently, this government, this regime, wants to make it impossible to protest at abortion clinics using this FACE Act, which is clearly unconstitutional. But on the spot, when people are convicted, again, in Washington, D.C., is a prime example, they immediately send them to prison. Yeah. They don't even stay in the ruling, stay a sentence. They send them to prison. You're talking about people in their 70s. And they're sending a message. And how dare the Supreme Court rule as it did in the Dobbs decision? They won't even protect the justices and their homes. The marshals were told not to arrest anybody. And then we have to hear lectures about insurrection and sedition. We have to hear lectures about violence. Who's been more violent in this country than the Democrat Party from the Civil War all the way up to today? It is a party steeped in violence. It is a party steeped in bloodlust. Whether it's the border today or eugenics or abortion, it is, it, is, it is a party that is inhumane. And I try and make the case, again, going back through history, their scholars that they follow, uh, how they moved from anti-black racism to anti-white racism. It's all strategic. Yeah. The war on the citizen and, of course, the, the attempt to destroy the nuclear family. Look what's going on on the border. If, I had, if you had to write a book called The Democrat Party Loves America... It'd be a very short book, don't you think? I think it would be an empty book. Um, we've been diagnosing what the other side is like, those who hate America, Mark. And the title of the book is The Democrat Party Hates America. Can we for a moment just stop and look at our side? It seems as if the establishment GOP doesn't really understand what happened in 2016. Why, for the first time in American history? I'm amused that, uh, that, that as an immigrant to this country, a legal immigrant, I have to inform my fellow Americans born here that this was the first time we chose somebody who wasn't a member of the political or military elite. Every president from Washington to Obama was a congressman, senator, governor, or a retired general. The American people said, enough. 64 million of them said, we want somebody who's not from the swamp. Uh, but still, the, the establishment hasn't drawn the requisite conclusions. Where are, for example, our George Soros's? Where, where are the billionaires on our side who love America and are prepared to fight back against the Zuckerbergs, the, you know, the, 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 the billionaires who are distorting the Constitution or just riding roughshod over it? Do you have a diagnosis for why we seem so utterly incompetent? Well, I'll give it to you. There's a short paragraph on page 328. The Republican establishment is mostly flat-footed. Of course, the Republican Party does not exist to fundamentally transform America. However, when it refuses to acknowledge or take effective, affirmative, or proactive steps to counter the Democrat Party's agenda and the forces of American Marxism, and in too many cases acquiesces and contributes to them, The Republican Party fails in its most important mission to defend the American people from a Democrat party that literally hates the country and is destroying it from within. Moreover, unlike the Democrat Party, the Republican establishment would rather betray its own base 
and try to marginalize it than battle the Democrat Party. Yeah. Preferring to make appeals to the Democrat Party media and demonstrate their supposed bipartisan common sense in pursuit of temporary political power and positive media coverage. And then I name names. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell and the likes of Mitt Romney, well, Mitt Susan Collins, Collins yeah. Lisa Murkowski, Chris Sununu, Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie. are but a few contemporary examples of the defeatist mindset. It is also one reason why they and Republicans like them constantly target Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and others who understand the nature of the threat and are willing to confront it. And I go on. So I don't give a pass to them, even though it's not a book about them, because it took me 400 pages and 65 pages of notes just to cover the Democrat Party. But the Republican Party is a political party. It's not out to change the country. But that's not good enough. The Republican Party has to accept the fact that we're in the middle of another revolution here. And you cannot find Republican leaders, especially a majority of Republicans in the Senate, which just shocks me how these people, they get into the Senate, they fight like hell, they lie like hell, they raise all kinds of money. And you wonder, what is wrong with these people? They're just lazy? They just like the power? And power to do what? It's almost like assimilation, Seb. Well, we want immigrants to come into this country and assimilate into this country. And I write a whole section on this. And now I say assimilate into what? We're destroying our own history. We're rewriting our history, which is what autocratic regimes and parties do. And so we're not only allowing people to come in by the millions. We're destroying the very principles that they should be assimilated and the culture into. So the Republican Party, for the most part, the establishment, and I've been battling them for what, 30 years now? The Republican Party establishment is a huge um, problem, and it's a huge asset to what the Democrat Party is doing because in many regimes, and I write about this in the beginning of the book, many of these, these autocratic regimes, they don't mind another party as long as they own it. Yes. They go through, again, the fan dance of having real elections when in truth you don't have a real choice. And so as long as the Republican Party uh, behaves itself, uh, so they lose now and then and so forth, that is the Democrats, even though they want to completely change the voting system so they never lose. But it gives the, 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 the appearance of, of a vital democracy or republic with elections and so forth, when in truth, that's not the case. Yeah. Um, if President Trump were to win again next year, would that strike a potential death knell to the rhino class, or would it still be a four-year battle against the, uh, those who want to keep their sinecures and play footsie under the table with the Democrats? The enemy never gives up, yeah. and they never will. The problem that cannot be really uh, resolved with liberty is liberty always allows the opportunity for tyranny. And so it is a problem that man cannot really fix or resolve, but that's why we need to be resolute. Donald Trump, his first term, was viewed by the establishment as disastrous to them. And so they all coalesced against him, and they will do exactly the same thing again. Uh, But we need it. We need a victory, and we need it very, very badly, because I'm fearful if we don't get it, uh, I don't know how we get the hell out of this. 
Mark, I need to change gears momentarily. Uh, the book we are discussing is The Democrat Party Hates America. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was on your show because I saw you tweet something out concerning comments made by a presidential candidate, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, on Ukraine. Um, I don't know if you have the answer to this question because it's something that, that, that truly troubles me every day when I see certain responses from putative conservatives. Why, why is it? Why is it so difficult for some on our side to realize what the war in Ukraine is about and why uh, former KGB colonels like Vladimir Putin are not on our side, Mark? Have you come to some conclusion as to how any conservative can misunderstand that? No. It's it's shocking to me. Um, it really is. And particularly if you believe in America first. Yeah. Um, Ukraine is an independent country. Ukraine gave up all of its nukes, nukes and really all of its heavy armor. Because we told them to. Because in 1994, <laughs> we told them to. Yeah. The British told them to. And the the Russians said that we you do that and we will help secure your borders. And so Putin invades them. He invades them because he sees a weak Biden. He sees what happened in Afghanistan. Uh, I don't believe he would have done that under Trump. I don't believe he would have done that under Reagan. But he did it. I am stunned. It's not just, in my view, that people are taking, obviously, the wrong side. But they're, they're trying to trash the leadership, Ukraine. You would think that Zelensky was Hitler himself. When his family, many of them died during the Holocaust... He's a practicing Jew. Uh, he, uh, he came in as a great reformer. The government before was in uh, Putin's back pocket. Yeah. Um, they didn't invade Russia. Russia invaded them. Did they expect them to roll over and play dead? And these people, honestly, I, unlike in Afghanistan and so forth, they're fighting. They want to live. They want to live in liberty. They, they don't want to live under Russia, uh, iron fist of Russia, because they've done that before. And the Russians have slaughtered the Ukrainians over the, uh, over the centuries. And they want nothing to do with that. The Russians starved millions and millions, as you know, of Ukrainians in 1932 under Stalin. Mm-hmm. Because the peasants didn't want to go along with communism. And Ukraine has been a good ally in terms of its uh, trade deals with the United States, in terms of its willingness to support the United States. Russia's run by, as you say, KGB thug, who assassinates anybody who disagrees with him, who wipes out entire populations, uh, who really is just for himself and has enriched himself by billions and billions of dollars. And why don't we listen to what Putin says? Putin has written, and the dimwits around him have said, Ukraine is a pathway to these NATO countries. A pathway to Poland. The Baltic states. The Baltic yeah. states. Yeah. Romania. He, he, like Hitler, talks about, but they have Russian-speaking people. Yeah, we've heard that one before about German-speaking people. Yeah, there are Russian-speaking people in Manhattan, too. I mean, it just happens to be the case. But there is a choice you have to make between good and evil. We can have a debate over the money. If it's handled properly, we should always have that debate. To me, that is, that is a fig leaf people use to root for the wrong side. And honest to God, as a conservative all my life, I have never seen anything like this before. They are adopting the position of a Bernie Sanders. They are supporting in Russia 
a government that Bernie Sanders has supported, that AOC has supported, that all these people have supported, even if they've switched sides right now. I, I, I'm really, uh, in many ways, I'm really dumbfounded. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be um, on your show to, to make that argument because I remember the good old days of somebody who grew up under Margaret Thatcher's leadership, who mm-hmm. looked at Ronald Reagan across the Atlantic as a, a great, great American. I remember when uh, no conservative would be on the side of a former KGB colonel. Mark, uh, you've written a very dark, dark book. The cover itself is very dark. It's the Democrat No, party. but it's to liberate people. Okay, so here's, here's the question. Here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the most important question. So it's a dark book. Uh, the title is The Democrat Party Hates America. It's got chapters on the war against the American citizen, the war on the nuclear family, the war on the Constitution. As we've yep. said, you, you close it with this chapter on Stalin would be proud. Um, are you still strong on America? Are you optimistic? You're talking to three and a half million Americans right now. What is your final analysis of the future and our potential as a free people? First of all, this book is intended to unravel all the lies and the rewriting of history so people understand exactly who the enemy is. It's not enough to talk about the end product of the enemy throughout the hundred and some years it's been in existence. So this is intended to inform people who believe in liberty. You cannot defeat an enemy if you can't define and confront the enemy. That's number one. Number two, I'm asked this question about, am I optimistic? Am I pessimistic? Do I still believe in America? Of course I believe in America, or I wouldn't be doing these things that I do. I could retire and just be perfectly happy. But we have to fight. I've got kids. I've got grandkids. We have fellow citizens who are out there, tens of millions of them, who think exactly the way we do. We cannot allow these reprobates to defeat us. As for optimism and pessimism, I don't care about that. (laughs) You fight on. When you're in a battle, a military battle, General Patton, are you optimistic or pessimistic? (laughs) And what would he say? Get off your ass and fight. Fight. It's not a matter of predictions. It's a matter of doing things. And that's what kind of, lastly, real fast, I would just say this. I get callers who say, Mark, what are we going to do? And I said, what do you mean by we? What are you going to do? Because we means nothing. means they're not going to do anything. And you can do a little thing, like read this book, read other books, be the Thomas Paine. Be the Thomas Paine at the dinner table, the breakfast table, with your your friends, with your colleagues, with your coworkers. Spread the word. Yeah. Because you may have an impact bigger than you think. I'm hoping, as, as an example, that Chapter 2, Anti-Black Racism and Anti-Semitism, I, I hope that many of our fellow black citizens and patriots out there will read that chapter in specific and then tell me why you're still a Democrat. Never let the word we pass your lips. It's about what you are prepared to do. Take this book as ammunition, as a recipe for how we can save America. Um, God bless you, Mark Levin. Um, God bless uh, your muse, Julie. The book is The Democrat Party Hates America. Read it, and together, together, we can all save America. You've been listening to America First One-on-One with me, Sebastian Gorka, former deputy assistant to President Trump and the great one, Mark Levin. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.